days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. I think any kind of shared experience can help when you're a coach. And we've got a couple guys with experience in it. But in the end, uh, when that ball tips up, it's all about those guys on that court. One thing I always do share with them, there's no more fun in basketball. Well, I say that. There's not much more fun in basketball than winning in St. Louis. I feel very confident in our team against anyone. Uh, it doesn't matter what school you name, I'm going to be confident in our team. So it really is just a matter of taking care of the ball on our side of the net. You know, when we're passing well, we win the match. It is There's a direct correlation. Baseball is a funny game. If it bounces your way, we might be able to make some hay this year. We're looking to take another step forward. We're still building for the future. And, you know, everybody's picked, you know, thinking we're going to be real good in 2020, but that doesn't stop all of us from coming to the ballpark every day, preparing and trying and wanting to win that night, that day. I just think what the Cubs need to do is, is live up to their potential. You know, there's a lot of guys with a ton of talent on that team, and that's why they won the World Series in 2016. The only way the Cubs are going to live up to their expectations would be go out, win the division, get to the postseason, and win the World Series. Yeah, that was uh, so far probably the game of the tournament. We knew going into it it was going to be, you know, you know Taco versus Zion. In the tournament, you keep these lower seeds – close and they and they can pull out pull it out at the end and so i think it i think it was a wake-up call for duke i think they definitely have the potential to make a big jump next season i think that they should definitely be able to boost their win total at least into the mid-30s to the point where when you get into march and april they're playing meaningful games the impact not only the recent news of kobe bryant passing there's more to it with kobe bryant his will to win his attitude demeanor the way he led himself not only on the court but off of the court, he changed the complexion of basketball forever. There's always tension between the players and the owners. As early as 1890s, the players started their own players' league. So players and management differences are nothing new. The proposals I've seen, the latest ones that have been reported literally two hours ago, call for a 50-game season, but an extended playoff season with 16 teams a 50 game season though when they're usually 162 is just unprecedented hey everybody marcus grant from nfl fantasy live on the nfl network hey everyone it's luke stockmeyer this is neil doyle hey what's going on this is mark grody the official chicago bears sideline reporter from 670 to score and isu redbird alum Hey, this is Alex Dolanar. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. It's now time. Now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. Here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 50th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this afternoon on June 22nd, 2020, welcoming listeners to the 50th episode special edition of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk. We're recovering all things Major League Baseball, what's going on with it during COVID-19, where the Players Association side and the owners and the commissioner are all at at this point. We will update you on all those aspects as they unfold. And we're debuting a new segment here on Will's 5th Quarter Special for the first time. And uh, we'll finish with Will's Sports Movie Moment as well. So we're going to get into the first ever edition of this segment. It came about as an idea of mine earlier on during the show's start. And uh, I wanted to start something new 
to go along with Will Sports Movie Moment, another original segment with this show that I started, uh, another segment I started uh, just to bring some more interesting content and tie it in with social media. So for the first time, here is a new segment. There are many types of well-known trivia out there, but this new trivia will blow you away. It's Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. This segment is all about history of the fifth quarter sports talk here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special. From guessing who appeared for an episode, an episode number, and more in the history of this sports podcast is up for grabs. The trivia, the Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia question will be announced, and uh, the first clue will also be announced following the question. You can also follow our social media on Facebook at William D. Farlow, Twitter at William D. Farlow, Snapchat at WillFarlow44, and our Instagram, Will's Fifth Quarter Special, as clues will continue to be released over the next two days. You can also check out our Facebook Lives and other live content that will also feature those clues, along with them being posted on our YouTube channel where all Will's Fifth Quarter Special live content is posted. It's time for new fans and other Will's Fifth Quarter Special listeners to get ready. The fifth quarter has just begun, as here is your first ever Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia question. So this question will require an answer of which episode number answers this question. So which episode featured the first ever Will's Fifth Quarter Special episode that featured two co-hosts together, along with the hosts? So your first hint will be one of those names. So there were obviously two co-hosts mentioned. The first clue to this Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia question. And remember, this will also be released in our live content and on social media following the posting of this episode 50. So those of you that aren't able to listen to this episode, you can still find it on social media as well. So the first hint is one of the names of those two co-hosts. Again, first ever episode that featured these two names together. So you don't need the two names for the answer, you just need the episode number. These, these will guide you to that point. So you want to use the description options as well for each episode. You can go to any of our listening options found at willowfifthcoresspecial.com and announced in the every episode as usual. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, they And those podcast directories where this podcast is able to be listened to, you can find in the details the names. You know, We always list that for each episode, all the details and every segment for all of you to be able to follow while you're listening to the episode. So that's another thing to guide you through this process of answering the question and finding the episode number. So the first clue is one of the names of the two co-hosts on this first ever episode with two co-hosts together is Steve Rizzallo. So that's your first hint. One of the two co-hosts is named Steve Rizzallo. So that's your first hint. Good luck to each of you as you delve into the first ever Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia question. As I mentioned, it will be on Facebook Live and all our social media outlets following this episode. So just keep up with our social media pages as the other clues will be released in the next few days. And then we'll do our answer reveal of the question. Now we're going to head into announcing our guest appearance for this special edition, episode 50 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. It's somebody that I've known for a long time since I was in community college. He's very well respected in his baseball opinion, you know, really knows his Major League Baseball stuff, guys, and it's professor of history at South Suburban College in South Holland, Illinois, Bruce Allardyce will be joining the show for the first time, so he's making his debut guest appearance here on Will's Fifth Quarter Special, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about what he does with baseball history. He's a baseball historian and extraordinary, really has a passion for the game, 
uh, past, present, and future as well. So we're going to talk about what he does in his role with that a little bit, what he enjoys about baseball history, and uh, just how it impacts the future. And that will tie into what we mentioned earlier on the episode we're going to be covering today, which is what's going on in the current state of Major League Baseball as post-COVID-19 plans. We're still waiting on a 2020 season. We're going to find out what he thinks about what's going on and how the process could continue and evolve into something. Hopefully that's a good solution, a safe solution, especially with COVID-19 still present, and what he hopes Major League Baseball could be in the future. So we're going to cover all those things coming up as I had a chance to interview Bruce Allardyce. So here is the interview I had with history professor at South Suburban College, baseball historian and extraordinaire, Bruce Allardyce. Welcome, Bruce Allardyce, for the first time on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. It's a show that we created for the average sports fan, and we're going to talk about one of the best pastimes in the sport of baseball. So first, how have you been doing? And uh, welcome to the show, man. We're glad to have you here. Well, glad to be here. I'm doing great. I uh, just got a couple more baseball articles printed in the uh, Baseball Research Journal, which is the official publication of the Society of American Baseball Research. So uh, I'm keeping real busy on baseball as in addition to my teaching responsibilities at South Suburban. So kind of fill the listeners in a little bit. We always like to, when we have someone new come on the show, talk about what they uh, do as a profession and their interest in uh you know, in your instance, baseball, you know, we, we talked about in the intro here uh, for you on the show about how you really like baseball history. So kind of tell us a bit of how being a history professor and your love of the game really got you into what you're doing with baseball history. Well, I got to admit that I was a big baseball fan and everything before I even got into teaching history. Uh, um, I grew up in the north suburbs and of Chicago and my dad was a big White Sox fan. He was like the only White Sox fan in the neighborhood. And so I sort of adopted his loyalties for the Chicago White Sox and everything. Well, the rest of my family is all Chicago Cub fans, by the way. Uh, there. Yeah, it's, uh, and they still are, by the way. My, my sister has season tickets to the uh, Cubs, 7,000 a year. Well, that's a lot of money to be a loyal fan, but uh, yeah. One of the things is, if you're a Sox fan on the north side of Chicago, you're always getting razzed and attacked and everything. And I sort of, to defend myself, I started to try and get more knowledge of baseball than anybody attacking me. So if they, and more knowledge of the Cubs. And that's how I sort of always was able to survive three or four people attacking me because I just asked them, hey, you're a big Cub fan. What about so-and-so and so-and-so in 1938? And they wouldn't know anything about that. And they'd be so embarrassed, they forget to attack me anymore. So uh, since then, I've become a history professor. And uh, But I've uh, about 15 years ago, I started to write extensively on and research extensively on the history of baseball, especially um, before 1871 baseball uh, and Chicago White Sox history. So I've... Uh, now counted, I think, 27 articles I've gotten published on baseball. There might be more, I don't know, but at least 27. Plus, I've contributed to a book uh, on the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of Sox fans that listen to the show. I mean, both sides of baseball in Chicago, but a lot of our Sox fans are going to love to hear what you just mentioned. And I believe you've mentioned to me numerous times, it's called Sabre, the group you're part of. Is that correct, Sabre? Correct. The Society of American Baseball Research, S-A-B-R. 
Uh, we have an annual convention, newsletters, uh, and we, you know, our baseball research journal is really a pioneer in statistical analysis and other his not not just how the game is played, but the his statistics on the history of the game also. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, any baseball fan could look it up these days with social media, but also, you know, the internet today. Um, it's just amazing how the games evolved. You know, it makes you wonder you know, where it started from. So I'm going to ask you, Bruce, uh, you've obviously studied a lot about, you know, the past of baseball to this point. What would you say uh, baseball has become from what it used to be? Like what kind of changes have you noticed that have maybe been good or bad for the game of baseball? Well, in the last 50 years or the last 150 years, uh, you know, 150 years, baseball really started as amateur baseball and uh, just for fun. And it wasn't really until 1860s that the money started to roll in. Baseball is really the first team sport that actually had paid professional players. Uh, didn't happen for football or for any of the other sports for many, many, many years after that. Um, one of the things I've noticed in the past 50 years is, of course, the amount of money in the game. Um, 100 years ago, a player made about three times the average of the wage of an average American, be the equivalent of about 150, 200,000 a year in today's dollars, which is good money. And I think everybody listening to this probably would say, boy, that sounds like a good pay. Yeah, I'm sure we can uh, both agree with that right here. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it for, I'd love it for one, you know, but uh, these days they make uh, a minimum, I think it's $600,000 or more a year. And the average wage, uh, Teams are over $100 million in salaries for their players. That's $4 million average wage, which uh, is 80 times the wage of an average American. So the, the money is just incredible. Um, the statistical analysis, literally 50 years ago, uh, there was no statistical analysis like we have today. Branch Rickey, the famous baseball owner magnate, uh, was really a guy who pioneered baseball research. That's one of the reasons why Rickey's teams were always so successful. But uh, with the advent of computers and with, and with professors of history and economics and statistics and physics analyzing the game, uh, the saber metrics as we call it, um, and the analytics have just transformed not just fans' understanding of the game, but how teams acquire talent, evaluate talent, and manage their talent. So that's, that's an incredible change. Yeah, I'm going to tangent to a name you just mentioned that's well-known to a lot of baseball fans, Branch Rickey. And if a lot of fans don't know this, he, you know, obviously worked with Jackie Robinson, was the main reason, you know, that helped broke the color barrier. Did a very good service to the game of baseball historically. But also, you know, there's a documentary I saw. It, it And to the fans hearing this, it's a really good one to check out. It's on the Brooklyn Dodgers, actually, 10-part. And it talks about Branch Rickey uh, helped develop the style of what a farm system could be if, I'm correct. I know he did that, they said, with the St. Louis Cardinals back in the day. Um, like, help make the modern league, like, style of a farm system and how to develop players. Yeah, he uh, he was with the St. Louis uh, Browns at the time and then the Cardinals after that. And uh, St. Louis was a smaller city that had two major league teams, and they really couldn't afford, you know, there was enough fan base really to support two major league teams in a New York style where you'd have lots of money to buy players. So Ricky came up with the idea of a coordinated farm system. Before then, before let's say 1920s, teams would buy players from existing independent minor leagues. 
uh, Ricky decided to draft, essentially put under contract his own players, scout them, and have a organized system where you go from A ball to double A ball to triple A ball and hopefully to the major leagues. Um, he did that. Uh, he was a guy who really would think outside the box. Not Jackie Robinson is just a small part of his career. Uh, the minor league system was part of it. Uh, baseball helmets. He was the one who, when he was uh, in charge of the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates in 1954, mandated that his players wear helmets. I mean, just something as simple as that. Um, I would recommend the uh, probably Dixon's biography of Bill Veck. Bill Veck tells stories about uh, Branch Rickey that you can't believe about how persuasive he was and how intellectual he was. He's probably the most, the highest IQ person ever to be involved in regular sports management. Yeah, and something you mentioned when you were talking about the way baseball's changes, you know, obviously the contracts and I wanted to get into a topic that's definitely interesting with the time of sports, but also baseball right now. And will probably be remembered in its history. You know, we're facing a very serious, deadly coronavirus right now. And just kind of looking at the timeline, you know, obviously at this point, we would be probably in one of the first few months of the 2020 season. So obviously it's a serious time, you know, the, the league's really trying to do well by the league and its fans by safely bringing people back. But, What's your first take on how the league has maybe handled things, uh, you know, in the process of them trying to bring the league back cause it's for the season? It doesn't seem like, you know, the players and the rest of the league are matching up that well with uh, the, their decisions. Well, that's exactly true. And uh, there's always tension between the players and the owners. As early as 1890s, the players started their own players league. So uh, players and management differences are nothing new. The proposals I've seen, late, the latest ones that have been reported literally two hours ago, call for a 50-game season, but an extended playoff season with 16 teams uh, in the playoffs, which would last another month, literally. Um, now, Major League Baseball has been thinking about doing this for a while because uh, they figured the playoffs... Uh, they figure foot, in football, for example, the playoffs is what generates the interest, same with the NBA, and they're trying to recreate that, in a sense, for baseball. Um, a 50-game season, though, when they're usually 162, is just unprecedented. Yeah. Um, the, 90, the 94 strike, for example, 1994 stri- strike, ended the season after 113 games. Yeah. But we haven't had a 50-game season since 1876, literally. Uh, so it's, uh, we're really on uncharted waters here. And of course, one of the truisms of life is with, is when the, uh, the pond shrinks, the frogs start to argue more. Yeah. And because there's 50 game season, there's obviously going to be a lot less revenue for these teams and a lot less revenue for the players. I see a lot more fighting, uh, not just on the resumption of this season, but on issues start that are going to be starting next season as well. Yeah, that's actually what I wanted to touch on with you as well, Bruce. It's definitely interesting. I think one of the things they talked about in that update you just mentioned a few hours ago, 50 games, you know, they were, they've been floating around not a lot of numbers here, 60 games, 89 games. It's been like a little back of fourth year, but they're trying to obviously impose for the last few years, universal DH, which would, you know, historically change the game because originally they used to never have the DH, but not, then it's always been in the American League only, and it, it 
it almost seems like as well with the fighting, it's on um, player grievances. You know, we go back into history here, the 20, 2010s, and, you know, see the situations of the Chris Bryant service time and the, the Eloy Jimenez, one of, the, of our White Sox, has also been, you know, in discussion. Players in general here, all these little things that they're trying to, you know, improve for the future of the league. Uh, where do you kind of see things going, let's say, possibly hypothetically, if we do have a 2020 season? Do you think maybe the fighting that we're seeing on both sides could maybe impact the future of the way the league looks even in a full season starting in the 2021? Well, let me start out by saying, you know, this is an argument between millionaires and millionaires. So I really, I don't have a hand in it one way or the other. And I yeah. sort of look at both both sides say, I, I look at look at things more from a fan's point of view. Uh, you know, the average Joe, you and me, for example. Yeah, um, One of the things about, one of the things about these negotiations are like every negotiations these days with that involve lawyers and that they both sides will make claims and stake out positions they really are willing to abandon just as a negotiating tactic to try and say okay we gave up on the universal dh for example in order to get a b or c uh so i wouldn't if they take care of the big money issues i suspect the rest will be dropped pretty much i've seen a lot of things i've seen uh expansion of rosters on each team to 30 players. Uh, I've seen um, changes in how the, um, if you release a player at, during spring training, you got to pay them the full year salary rather yeah. than 60 day salary. I mean, these are things that they're, that they're talking about right now, but I don't think those are the serious core issues that are going to make or break the season. Uh, things like the unification of the DH and expansion of rosters, though, expansion of rosters means more players getting more money. Uh, DH means work in the National League for, I don't know, some players who would otherwise be in the American League or would be out of baseball. And these are these are serious money issues that I think the players will be a lot firmer on than some of these some of the peripheral stuff you're reading about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's just, you know, I'm sure you're not going to agree. We're both fans here, just like everyone that's tuning into this episode right now. We're all in the same boat, you know. It, we want to see the game, but it's all about, you know, we're not in that room. So we just kind of have to hope and pray for the best. And, Bruce, we want to thank you for just not bringing, you know, what we should hear about what the baseball future could be, you know, like your um, takes, but also the history of baseball. I think that's something a lot of fans should – during COVID here, go check out. There's a lot of, you know, like you said, the articles are up there online or wherever you can find them. And so much history of baseball that these fans could really be educating themselves on. So we really appreciate your time and interest in uh, joining Will's Fifth Score Special. And we hope you enjoyed it. And we definitely look forward to having you on again soon. It's been a pleasure. I'd love to do that. So that was some interesting insight from our Special guest appearance, Bruce Allardyce, South Suburban College history professor and baseball expert and extraordinaire. And it's just interesting what's going to unfold with Major League Baseball right now. It's all about safety, and uh, we hope that Major League Baseball, the owners on the side with the commissioner and the other side, the Players Association, can agree to something. Because sometimes, you know, both sides want one thing, you know, the same solution, but sometimes there's a few things they need to work out, and... And we're going to find out. And we at Will Smith Court Special will continue to keep you posted on all things sports, including the situation with Major League Baseball, as it continues to unfold.
Now we're going to head into the favorite ending of the show everyone enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook profile at William D. Farlow, as well as our Twitter page at William D. Farlow, and post their own sports movie moment favorite for a chance to be heard on future Will's fifth quarter specials. So my movie moment choice is going to be a movie that's based on a true story. It's very well done. It stars Samuel L. Jackson and many other uh, well-casted actors and actresses throughout the cast. It's Coach Carter, and it's about, you know, Samuel L. Jackson plays Coach uh, Carter. He uh, goes back to his alma mater high school, Richmond, in California, and he wants to make a difference to, you know, a city that could really use some help. It's youth, uh, could really use proper education and coaching. And uh, he really wants to help with that. And this scene really compares well to Major League Baseball and the situation it's going through. So the scene I picked is where it's after the team wins the Bay Hill Holiday Tournament. And they the players sneak out of a motel and try and go to a party at a nearby mansion. And the coach sees their coach Carter sees the absence and he talks to the boy, the team on their way back and he finds out, you know, he's keeping tabs on their schooling uh, schedules and uh, how they're doing on grades because he wants to turn them into young men that are successful off the court as well. He's really trying to make a difference in their lives, which is a really great part of this movie. can inspire a lot of people. And he notices that they're not uh, keeping up with the contracts that he had them sign. And, you know, they're skipping classes. Their grades are falling short. And he locks the gym. You know, he takes the team to the library where they have to study with their teachers until their grades improve. So, you know, the the, the moms and dads of the players, the, the city of Richmond, they know that one of the things a lot of these young men only have to hold on to to um, look forward to is playing the game, you know, get scholarships, that type of thing. So it goes for a while, and, you know, Carter continue, Coach Carter continues to enforce lockdown. They forfeit games. And then it goes to a school board where they hold a hearing where he tries to share, hey, we're, I'm trying to make a difference in these men, young men's lives. And he, uh, you know, he loses. The council votes to end the lockdown. But then the coach r- discovers that the players still want to follow what he's teaching. You know, they, they could see that it's making a difference. And eventually the players do improve their grades and they go back to playing games. So it compares really well to Major League Baseball in the situation where it's currently in a lockout scenario right now. You know, with COVID-19, there's still no plan in place. Both sides are still at a stalemate. So this can hopefully maybe this scene compares, uh, well, even as inspiration to baseball fans and the people in these uh, talks and uh, the details are being under. Hopefully a solution can be resolved as well. They can kind of see the point of view of the other that they need to and something can come together. So that's my sports movie moment favorite. I think it compares really well with what we talked about today with Major League Baseball and where it's at. Uh, go check out this scene and Coach Carter if you haven't seen it. It's a really good basketball movie. So that's all the time we have in episode 50 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time as we will have more continued fifth quarter sports talk on our Facebook Lives and on episodes on all things sports as they continue to unfold. We want to thank at Will's Fifth Quarter Special all of those healthcare workers and other individuals that are making a difference during the coronavirus to help keep us safe and protected. Keep washing your hands and use social distancing. We will all get through this together. We also want to thank our guest appearance who made his debut on the show, Bruce Allardyce, for his time. We appreciate your support of the fifth quarter sports talk, and we hope to have you on again soon. So thank you, Bruce. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. 
I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with our guest appearance, South Suburban College history professor and baseball expert Bruce Allardyce, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.